0: My beloved in the risen Lord, you are witnesses to these things tonight. Tonight, we saw the resurrection. We were there at the tomb. Tomorrow morning, we will celebrate what we just witnessed. And then at the divine liturgy, we will celebrate the theological revelation of who this person was that just rose from the dead, thus the gospel of the prologue of John is read, tomorrow. There has been chaos, not just in our world today, but there was chaos when our Lord made the great entrance into Jerusalem. In fact, there's been chaos since Adam was expelled from paradise. Well, in paradise, it was harmonious. We were in harmony with nature. We had a fresh that did not corrupt. We ate fruit that was not corruptible. Our skin didn't shed cells. Our hair didn't fall out. There was peace order. But with that expulsion, with that sinning, came death. And you can thank Adam and Eve for the fact that our hair falls out. Our skin sheds and gets saggy. And we die. But at the time of our Lord, there was that chaos. We heard it on Palm Sunday. The people were shouting and crying out. They wanted this king, this king of Israel that would liberate them. There was the shouting out of the leaders of the Jewish people trying to get control of the situation somehow. For everything was coming apart at the scene. We see the chaos in the way the mob took over, the mob mentality which put an innocent man to death. It was sheer chaos, a sign of a corrupted rule. And in the height, the apex of this chaos was when Christ was on the cross. And when he was speaking those last words, it is finished. That the earth and the cosmos went into convulsions one last time. A last gasping breath of chaos. And the sun darkened, and the moon hid its light. The earth quaked, the temple's curtain was torn, and then... There was that stillness, that quiet, that took place from that moment on. The people were quiet. Perhaps guilt had finally pricked their conscience. What have we done? Not necessarily the leaders, some of the leaders, but those who went along with it. Those who were part of the mob suddenly realized what they were a part of. And it was what? It was the Sabbath day. Even God himself rested, and our Lord rested in the dew. But what was happening? Our Lord said that when a grain of wheat falls to the ground, it must die, but in the dying it will germinate bring new life. What germination was happening in the tomb? I shared last night with this group that was with us when we were lamenting, we were praying by the tomb with the virgin mother, lamenting the loss of her son. And we talked about the prayer that the deacon or the priest, there's no deacon says, when he's incensing around the holy table, when your body was in the tomb, when your soul was in need. When you're in paradise with the thief, you are at the same time, O Christ, as God upon the throne, infinite and filling all things. This all powerful God who became flesh was at the same time in Hades as he was at the right hand of the Father. That's the great mystery of the incarnation. What happened down there? What is going on while the rest of us sat weeping wondering what had happened. What was it all for? Our Lord went down there and said, I am your God and I'm looking for your parents. I am looking for the lost sheep. I am looking for those who are sorrowful and mourning. I am looking for those who are in the valley of death. I am looking for Adam and Eve. Where are you? And upon finding them, he says, Look at what I have done for you. I have come down here with the marks of the cross for you. I became man. I became your son so that I could have the ability to come down to be here with you. You don't belong here. This isn't your place. This isn't what I created you <coughs> for. Let's go. Let us leave this place. Oh, Leo the Great would say, that Christ's death, at Christ's death, that he followed the laws of another world. He allowed himself to be succumbed by them. But by his rising he destroyed death. He destroyed the laws of death. By his death he took what was eternal. And made it subject to time. Before this great epic event. When you died. That was it. There was a perpetual death. There was no end point ever. But with this event. With the Christ event. Death has done away with. It has been given just a measure of time. Not eternity. What is that measure of time? When Christ comes again to raise us up. No longer are we meant to be bound in Sheol forever. Our time will be very brief. But in that moment of death, in that moment of germination while our Lord was in the tomb, the cosmos itself was being recreated. Order was coming back into place. It was set into motion the means by which we would once again be ready to be received into paradise with an incorruptibility we had before. When we fell from the garden, we had a garment of skin given to us, the garment of corruption. But when we rise again,
1: We will receive the garment
0: of incorruption. No longer the garment of sin will we blue. He grabs the hands of Adam and Eve and raises them up. Death has been destroyed. A new life is ours. This is the sheer gift given to all humanity. Everybody will receive that gift. The good with the bad, the wheat with the weeds. But how we live our life after this resurrection, this moment we are in now, you and I, will determine how we will live that eternal life when Christ comes again. In the meantime, He's commissioned us to go and baptize all nations, to teach them everything He's commanded us to. I know that He will be with us until the end of this time. He's empowered you and I to do His work, and He will be with us as we carry out of that work. The life that awaits us is going to be far better than the life that was in the garden. No one could recognize Jesus when he rose from the dead. I shared with this last year. Because our corruption eyes, who are used to seeing corruption, could not see what it looked like to see somebody who is incorruptible. When our Lord rose from the dead, his flesh was incorruptible. Isn't it amazing that even when the angels are present, what had happened? Everyone fell down because they're seeing something that their eyes are not accustomed to. We are accustomed to deterioration and corruption, but they are incorruptible. With the hands, one hand with Adam and one hand with Eve, they rise up and once again the earth shakes. The cosmos ripples. The tomb is open. And the guards fell down like dead men. New life has been brought to you and I. You are witnesses to these things tonight. You heard them with your own ears, with the power of the Holy Spirit, which makes it present right now, this moment. And now we will go forth in great joy and wonder, how can this be? And the only response to this unfathomable mystery is celebration, glorification, and thanksgiving. And that's what all Paschal Matins is about, is this great celebration of the mystery we witnessed firsthand this night. So we join our hearts, knowing that there is a life awaiting for us after this. Not a life of perpetual death, but a life of unending happiness with our Savior. We continue our celebration, celebration of the risen Lord. We've been longing to see for three days, and now He is present. In our midst. Christ is risen from the dead, and by death he trampled death, and those the tomb.